This podcast is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to From Crime to Crime. Hey, buddy. How's it going? (laughs) Oh, I'm doing just fine. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm all right. I can't stand this time change bullshit. (laughs) I know. I'm done. I'm done participating in this. This is the last time. I'm not doing it again. When this shit comes around in the fall, I'm going to say no thank you, and I'm just going to be fucking an hour early for everything, or late, or whatever. I don't know what that'll make me. Are you willing to fall back in the fall? Like, are you willing to gain the hour, or you just, no, you're not willing to deal with any of it? No. I think it's such bullshit. It's total garbage. It's been on the ballot where I live for, like, the five, six years that I've lived here. We voted on it, like, three times. And every time we vote to get the fucking rid of it, and they never do. I don't understand what's (laughs) happening here. I'm going to have to, like, run for governor to get rid of fucking time change. I would love that. I would love if you ran for governor of Nevada. I think that's probably the best idea you've come up with so far. Yeah. I mean, I'm not qualified to fix or do anything else, but I'll go in there and I will fix the time change and then I'll resign. (laughs) Hey, that actually might be something that would work. People would actually get something done. Yeah. that's Maybe that's what I'll do. Would you get Jesus Yara out too? Oh, that's the two things I'll do. <laughs> so you take care of time change and the Clark County superintendent of schooling. Yeah. All right. So vote for yeah. Erica next time they have to vote, whenever that is. Yeah. I think it's a while because we just got a new governor. So that's kind of what I thought too. But yeah, it's going to be a couple years, but that'll give me time to run my campaign. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> This is going great. Well, let's get into this episode because this is a really unusual case that we have tonight and kind of an unusual way that we picked it. I don't even remember how we picked it. Oh, Oh, Grant, you were the weirdo that was all obsessed with it. That was like, oh, we have to do one that was in 1987 because this is our 87th episode. That's our number. (laughs) I know you don't talk like that. I don't know why I did that impression. (laughs) That's okay. I'll take it. No, but this is our 87th episode. We're both born in 1987 and I'll be, I was just in the beginning and you were just at the end. So I was all of 87. You barely made it. Hey, I made it. That's all that counts. Yeah, you were, you were there. So we picked this case because it also takes place in 87. But this case is also pretty special because it's completely different than most of the cases that we talk about, whether they're solved or unsolved. Because we know exactly who kidnapped these kids. We know when. We know who helped facilitate this kidnapping. We know who's been keeping it going. We know the places they went, the people that they've lived with, what relatives have aided and abetted in this. The only thing we don't know is where these kids are. Yeah, they're still missing. Like, how can that be? I don't know, but in talking to you about this episode, like normally, but you got real hyped about about some of this stuff. So I'm excited for you to just finally unleash your fury on this. Well, just because it's so solvable. Like, I, I just don't, I, this is, law enforcement just can't seem to catch up to Susan Zaharias or Gamel or whatever the hell she, name she's going by right now. Or they just haven't wanted to. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. We'll get into that. But Lou Zaharias has been looking for his missing children for over 35 years years these kids went missing before i was born which is nuts like i keep thinking about that and the fact that this is so old and these kids are still not found is just it's mind-blowing and from what you've told me this should be completely solvable and we should know where all these kids are and just move on but yep so we'll have to go back to the 70s in southern california to the beginning of 
Lou and Susan's story. So Lou was from New York originally, but he was living in Southern California going to law school. And he meets a young lady named Susan Gamble, and they hit it off big time. They started dating. They really got along. Everything was great. The only problem, according to Lou, because that's the only side of the story we have, was that he was an Italian Catholic from New York, and he says Susan's family is an old oil money Anglo Southern Baptist family from Oklahoma. So they didn't like him. (laughs) So ridiculous. Yeah. He said that they hated him, and they called him the Greaseball Guinea, and they literally never called him by his name. How absurd. But him and Susan were in love, and they were wild and young, and even in Lou's own words, he said they had kind of a wild start. They were living in Huntington Beach, which is a total party town. They were doing a lot of coke and partying a lot. So when they decided to get married, Susan's family refused to come to the wedding or support them in any way because they didn't like Lou. Lou's even produced letters from Susan to her family, begging her family to just accept Lou, that he's a good guy and just let it go. You know, she's in love, she's happy, but her parents wouldn't, and they would invite her to stuff, but tell her she couldn't bring him. This is already so ridiculous and stupid. Like, yeah. to hate your kid's, like, partner for these reasons is it's so dumb yeah so this obviously created distance between susan and her family because she wasn't going to come to things if she couldn't bring her husband like duh but her family didn't budge they hated lou and they weren't going to change their minds and they felt like lou took susan away from them but really they're the ones that are like not right yeah that's what i was gonna say they pushed her away from them because she chose lou right so susan and lou went on with their lives lou finished law school got a good job they even moved back to new york for a while when lou thought they were doing too much cocaine and partying too hard he was like we need to clean this up and you know be real And they moved to new york yeah they moved back to new york where lou was from that doesn't seem like the place to not do cocaine but all right yeah According to Lou, it was better than Huntington Beach, so. God. Anywhere in the 80s, I think, was just the place to do cocaine, so. Yeah. Anywhere you go is probably not great. Yeah, so while they lived in New York, they had a son named Christopher in March of 1984, and then they moved back to Southern California, and Lou got a good job in L.A., but they lived in Orange County, and this is where their daughter, Lisa May, was born in August of 86. Was Lisa May a first name and middle name, or just a first name? I don't know, because they always call her Lisa May, so I don't know. Interesting. Yep. So I'm sure that's not what they're calling her now. (laughs) Probably not. So they were doing well for a while on their own. They were close with Lou's mom, but they were still kind of estranged from Susan's family. Like Susan would still talk to her family and stuff, but they really didn't like Lou. Then according to Lou and some of Susan's friends, she started getting back into cocaine and dabbling in crystal meth. Lawless land of the 80s, man. Yeah. All this kind of stuff's just free-flowing. And it was making her paranoid. Like, she would have these, like, you know, where she was mething out. I mean, yeah. I don't know how else to explain that. But she also lost a lot of weight, and she was only, like, 90 pounds at some point. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, this is a very bad problem. 90 pounds. Yeah. For just about anybody is way too light. And on top of the weight loss and the paranoia and everything, it was financially draining on them. Lou has said in interviews that Susan was in charge of their finances and he wasn't really aware at the beginning that she wasn't paying the bills. He just was kind of hands off. Well, she was also so much in charge of it that at one point she had gotten a P.O. box at one of those mailboxes, etc. places to change their mailing address to so that all the late notices and collection stuff wasn't even coming in the mail to the house. So Lou 
Lou had no oh my idea. God. Wow. Yeah. So in a nutshell. You wonder how people get here and like, hey, this isn't a big enough problem. Yeah. I should change my mailing address and not tell anybody. This is fine. Yeah. So in a nutshell, Lou didn't know anything, obviously. He didn't know how bad their finances were until after this all came to a head. And we'll get into some of that stuff later. But around this time, allegedly, Susan's family started communicating with her a little bit more. And according to Lou, in more of a manipulative way, like they played on the fact that she was paranoid and that she was using drugs and they would tell her stuff like Lou was going to take the kids from her and he was going to get full custody. And I can totally see that happening. I mean, obviously, I don't know these people, but from what we've already talked about, they don't sound like the best bunch of people. So right. I can totally see them capitalizing on this to get for their benefit. Obviously, not hers. Totally. So what we know from here on pretty much this whole story is from interviews with Lou and his private investigator and what they posted on their website and their Facebook pages since there's almost no media on this case. Why do you think that is? Because a lot of people don't think that parental abductions are important. They're like, oh, it's fine. The kid's with their mom. That's why. I will say it is less concerning. I'm not as concerned with them being with their mom as I would be, you know, a stranger. So Yeah, but it's not, though, because in all the stats that they do have, parental abductions are pretty dangerous still. I mean, if a parent is at that point where they're going to abduct their kids, they're not in a healthy mindset. And almost all of the time they find out later that the kids were abused in some way. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Right. They have to they have to be honestly, they have to be locked away. Yeah. And they and parental alienation happens where they tell them all kinds of brainwashing shit about the other parent, Mm, you know, and so then they have all these false ideas. Then it makes it when they are found, they don't even have a chance at a decent relationship with their other parent because they don't know what's real and what's not real and... So besides the emotional abuse, though, a lot of times, you know, they have this like, if I can't have them, nobody can attitude. And sometimes they end up killing them or selling them or, you know, it's it's not great. Yeah, I guess when you get to that point, bad things are definitely can't happen. Yeah, because you're not in the right mindset. If you're in the mindset of kidnapping your children already, then there's something wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime you're in the mindset to kidnap, you're not in a good mindset. Yeah. No matter what the case. (laughs) Yeah. So there is one other really good source about this case and it's another podcast called The Vanished which I'm sure you guys have all heard of. It's a great podcast and they interviewed Lou and Lou's PI in this case and I highly recommend listening to the two episodes that The Vanished has on this case if you're interested in it because they go into extreme detail and you can hear Lou's story in his own words which is way more powerful than you would think. I bet it is. Yeah I can imagine like hearing from the dad himself missing his kids that he been missing for 35 years and both of them too i'm sure it's like really captivating and heartbreaking yeah it's sad so by november of 1987 susan and lou were living in santa Ana, and things were not going great i mean first of all they were living in santa Ana, so there's that i was thinking that too like, <laughs> no i'm just kidding anybody who knows santa Ana knows that's not the place to be yeah there's some nice parts but i don't think they were living in it there's a nice part maybe right. two a nice part i should have said a nice part singular <laughs> Yeah. So they were fighting a lot and probably heading for a divorce between the drugs and the financial issues. It was two kids under the age of three. It was all coming to a head. Sounds like a whole lot going on in that house. So on the morning of November 20th, 1987, they got into a verbal argument and Lou left the house. When he left, Susan was there 
the two kids were there and his mom was there. Seems safe enough. Yeah, so he left to like cool off. Yeah. So when Lou came back a couple hours later, he says his mother was lying on the ground and Susan and the kids were gone. According to Lou, he said that his mom said that Susan was going to take Christopher somewhere and the mom was like, well, you don't have to take Lisa May. I'll just watch her so you don't have to drag her along. And that turned into an argument between them that turned physical and according to the mom, Susan assaulted her and pushed her down the stairs and left with the two kids. Oh, damn. Like, it got bad quick. Yeah. So when Lou came home and he found his mom injured and his kids gone, he called the police and he tried to report his kids missing. It would take a really long time before anybody would take him seriously about the missing kids. They did take the assault, apparently, seriously, and they filed charges on that. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah. Seeing an older woman, like, laying at the foot of the stairs, like... It's pretty obvious what happened there. Yeah. You know, probably has injuries too. She's probably not laying there anymore, but. Yeah. But their mindset on the kids was like, they're with their mom. You guys had a fight. Obviously, there's bad shit going on here. I'm sure they're fine. So they didn't really take the missing persons report. They were just like, okay, relax. I'm sure they thought that they were coming back like, you know, the next day or two. I'm sure they didn't think it was a long term gone kind of thing. Right. So apparently when she left, she went to her aunt's house, um, who was a lady named Shirley Can. And her aunt Shirley drove her and the kids to the airport and sent her to her grandmother's house in Oklahoma. And her grandmother's name was Louise Hedinger. Hedinger? H-E-T-T-I-N-G-E-R. You tell me. Hedinger. Hedinger. Okay. Whatever. She's a bitch too. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I hope that makes the cut. Forgot we were recording. So there was some talk and negotiation in the beginning between Lou and Susan, and he tried to reason with her like, hey, come home, we'll get a divorce, we'll work out custody and visitation with the kids. You know, obviously you need to come home. Those are my kids. You can't just take them. And she wanted nothing to do with that. Like she had the, I'm not bringing them back. You're not taking my kids from me. And he's like, I don't want to take your kids from you. Like, I want my kids also, though. Like, I want us both to have our kids, like, you know, every other weekend and stuff. Right. And she was like, no, we're not doing any of that. She definitely had that. If I can't have them, nobody can. You're not taking my kids. She meant it, too, huh? Yeah. Well, apparently she had this paranoia that he was going to take her kids from her. And he probably would have gotten them. I mean, he had a good job and he wasn't doing crystal meth. So, I mean. I mean, right there, (laughs) he's kind of checking all the boxes. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Susan did file for divorce, which actually fucked up the missing persons case even more because a court date was set for the beginning of February. So the police were like, sorry, Lou, you're shit out of luck until February when she shows up to court. Like, they're her kids. She can take them. And he's like, but they're also my kids. Like, you know, and they were like, yeah. And I imagine at this point, like, the law still usually very heavily favors the mom. Correct. And I'm sure in this time it did even more so. So I'm sure. And they were probably like, it's fine, dude. They're with her mom. Like, go do whatever guys do. Because it was a very hands-off kind of mentality for men. Yes. And at the beginning, she was saying stuff that was like all the hot button words at the time. Like, she was trying to say that Lou abused her and domestic violence and, and that she was scared of him and she he was in the mob and he had a hit out on her and I was like oh that's she just opened up Pandora's box and was just going with it from everywhere yeah he does everything yeah and so they kind of favored her in the beginning and they were like look Lou she'll show up to the court date and then you guys will figure this out from the standpoint of them like 
kind of protecting her too. I I don't hate that. But her claims were unfounded, which is what he's upset about. He's like, yeah, if they would have investigated and found out that any of that was true, okay. He's like, but none of it was true. And they did investigate him. They spent the first 40 days until this court date investigating him. Oh, I'm sure. He's probably the most likely reason that they left. Yeah. So he's trying to plead with them to file this missing persons case because he's telling them, like, this divorce is bullshit. She's only doing this to buy herself time so that her and her family can hide them, can hide the kids or hide her or all three of them. Yeah. But unfortunately, they didn't do anything about it. And then the court date came and her lawyer walked into the court and was like, hey, judge, sorry. She fired me. I'm no longer on this case. I don't know where she is. And walked out. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Why didn't I even showed up? Yeah. Like- you're fired. Why, why would he even bother? Yeah. Obviously, at that point, Lou went to the cops and he's like, see how she didn't show up? Like, I knew that was just to buy time. Like, you guys got to help me. So finally, they filed the missing persons case 40 days after the kids went missing. 40 days. And a, wow. a felony warrant was issued for Susan's arrest for the kidnapping of the kids. And meanwhile, other warrants were coming down for her, too, for some of the financial shit that she was pulling. Apparently, she was doing some real shady stuff, like writing bad checks. And that was like a big no-no back then. Obviously, that's not even like it a It still real- is. Well, it's, there's no checks anymore. Oh, there's tons of checks, and people try to forge them all the time. Oh. Well, anyway, she was in a lot of trouble, so warrants were coming down for this, too, at the same time. So multiple warrants, not just for kidnapping. Right. But the authorities really didn't take it seriously, still, because they still had the, yeah, she's their mom. So Lou had to hire private investigators and lawyers to file civil lawsuits. The DA wouldn't do shit, and the FBI was like, well, we'll issue a, a UFAP, or whatever they're called, the unlawful flight to avoid prosecution which is like another warrant but they're with their mom so we're not really gonna like do anything like if she shows up somewhere we'll arrest her but we're not gonna like go out and interview anybody and he was like oh great thank you So he gave the the authorities all these people's names, information, where she was staying, everything, and they were just like, okay, thanks, Lou. <laughs> all right, cool. Appreciate you. So he had to financially recover from everything that she buried him with before she left, and every extra penny that he had went into searching for these kids. Like, he has spent his entire life searching for these kids. I have no doubt about it. Like, one, I have no doubt that he spent every last penny of his and then you know, some. he makes good money and then some yeah like yeah because he's then, had private investigators that have taken advantage of him like telling him that they're super close and they're not why do we see that so much because we saw that in the case on from the cruise um, amy bradley amy bradley same kind of situation why do we see this happening so much is it just because private investigators are just shitty people well the bad ones are <laughs> the crooks are <laughs> it's because they I mean there's good ones too but it's because they know these families are vulnerable and they know they want their kids so they'll they're willing to do anything and pay anything you know yeah so did any of these private investigators actually like pan out or were they all no. just crap well he's had a couple of good ones and like he has one now that he's had for quite a few years but they haven't found him either so the lawyer's fees are super high. He's lost homes, all of his savings. He's lost jobs. He's put his entire life into finding these kids. Like, everything. I mean, what else are you supposed to do? You can't just wake up one day and go, well... Never mind. Guess I'm just going to go back to the way things were, you know? Like, right. obvi- like his life's forever changed. He has to find them. Yeah. So some of these better private investigators, like the one he has now and some of the good ones he's had over the years, did find out that after she left Oklahoma, she went to live... With with her sister Juliana and her husband John Nozel in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
How long were they there? They believe about three months. And this is the last known location of Susan Gamble and Christopher and Lisa May. So Pittsburgh is the last known Mm -hmm. spot that they were. Yeah, and apparently they put her on a plane headed for Michigan, they believe, but she's never been seen or heard from since. And I mean, do they have any proof of Michigan or is that just what she told them or how do we know Michigan? Because we don't even know where she is, right? The private investigators say that they found the plane tickets from when her sister put her on a plane to Michigan in 1989. Gotcha. Now that doesn't mean she actually got on the plane. We don't know. Yeah, but although, mm, unless she knows that there's a PI on him. Yeah, but I don't know how he got those plane tickets or whatever. That seems kind of sketch. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> this whole thing seems kind of, and it does seem like a he said, she said, but the problem is she's not saying anything. She's not around and neither are the kids. So where are they? Obviously, that's the, the golden question. Where, where the hell are they? Like, I would love to know the she said part of this story because a lot of people are like, well, maybe he's not telling the whole truth. And it's like, maybe not. But then why doesn't she come forward and say, hey, here's what really happened? Right. You know? Yeah, because, I mean, she would definitely be protected until, you know, this could all get sorted out. So. Yeah, obviously. Her family's been protecting her for 35 years. So. Almost 36. Yeah. So her last known location was with John and Juliana Nosel in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Lou has filed civil suits against all of these family members because the police won't interview them or interrogate them or anything. So he just files lawsuits to try to get them to have to be deposed and all that kind of stuff to see if they'll slip and say anything. And according to him, he's won a lot of these lawsuits and he was awarded a $13 million judgment against Susan if she's ever found. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) And she has $13 million to give. Whether she does or doesn't, whatever she's got is his when they find her. I'm not thinking the crystal meth head walked away with, you know, a handsome reward with anything. No, but I'm thinking that she cleaned her life up immediately because there's no way she stayed out of jail for 35 years if she was still doing meth. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. So he says that he has proof that some of these family members have lied under oath and committed perjury. And then like in one of the lawsuits, they admitted to lying in a former lawsuit. But he says the DA will not charge them for perjury. They said, that's not the kind of thing that we really do. That's not our policy. It's like, what? (laughs) Then why do we even go through the action? Like, Right? (laughs) Why do we do this if you're not going to hold it up? Yeah, the DA told him that it wasn't their policy to prosecute family members for perjury because it opens the floodgates. It's like, yeah, that's the whole point. To what? The truth? Yeah. Like, That's the whole point. But Oh no! But DAs... We had to find out all the facts. Yeah, but DAs are not about finding out the facts and they're not about getting justice. They're all about their numbers because no. they're an elected official. Totally. 100%. Whatever they think that they can they can get. Yep. Yeah. Conviction rates. That's it. They don't really care about the justice of it or putting bad people behind bars or doing the right thing. They care about their numbers at the end of the day. Exactly. Putting somebody behind bars, which is wild and why we see so many cases of like people who, by circumstance, got put away. Yep. And why we see other cases not prosecuted when they should be. <laughs> Absolutely. Completely right on the other on the other side of that yep. coin. Because they won't even take the chance if they don't think they're going to win for sure. Yeah. Uh, not enough evidence. Like, can't do it. Sorry. Yeah. So Lou's private investigators even camped out in front of the grandmother's funeral. The grandmother that she had gone to live with from California died in 
2016. And so they thought they were like... Oh, fairly recently. Yeah. So the investigators thought they were like right on her tail. Like they knew for sure she would show up at the grandmother's funeral. They didn't see her at the funeral. And then after it was all said and done, the funeral director called them, apparently, a couple of days later and said that somebody came after hours and visited the... And so they assumed that that was Susan. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How nefarious. Like, what are you supposed to do as as a... The PI just sit out there 24-7 hoping. They did. They sat out there for a while. And then after they right. Sounds yeah, like it. after they left, then somebody came in late at night or whatever. I don't know. It was kind of a weird, sounded like a shady thing. But <laughs> yeah. It does sound pretty shady. But in her obituary, she listed Susan, Lisa May, and Christopher as surviving relatives. Well, she didn't. Whoever, no way. Whoever wrote her obituary. Really? That's kind of kind of odd because I mean- In your face? Yeah. Totally in your face. Like, yeah. hey, survived by... But the other interesting wow. thing about that is the oil rights, like the payments for the oil rights, I guess. Her sister is collecting her oil rights. That would should only happen if she's dead. So it's like, what's going on there? How is the sister getting her oil rights if she's not dead? You know what I mean? Oh, I do know what you mean. That's interesting. Uh-huh. Unless she's faked her own death or something like that. And yeah, but then... Sister's getting... But the... then why is there... Why didn't... Why wouldn't the family say, she's dead, go away now. Stop looking for her, she's dead. Mm, yeah, you're right. She's definitely still alive. Yeah, there's weird stuff going on. Like we said, according to the private investigator, the family of Susan has never been formally interrogated by the FBI or any law enforcement. But he says that he has sent them letters and tried to contact them like, hey, let's talk. Let's just figure, like, it's been long enough. Let's come to an agreement. And he says that the family taunts them. And like says what? Like, nah, 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 you'll never get this. You'll never find them. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. exactly. He says that they say that you'll never find them and that there is such thing as the perfect crime. And yeah, he says that they taunt him. I know you probably missed it, but that's from Borat. Oh, yeah, I would never know that. So he thinks they encourage Susan to do this, the family, because the private investigator was saying like the way they act is like super arrogant. And so they think that the family convinced her to do this, to take the kids, because they felt like Lou stole Susan from them, so they stole his kids back. And then now all the family thinks it's like a big joke. And it's like, this ruined this man's life. Totally. But I can totally see how like one family against this guy, like the other side of the family, her side, thinks that they're right and they're, you know, the heroes in this story. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, you're not. And their money is what's gotten them this far because according to Lou, he would show up in court with a lawyer and they would have teams of lawyers. That's absurd. And they would just drown his lawyer in paperwork. That's just unfair. You know, like, yeah, it's, that's just, it, you shouldn't be able to just pay your way out of everything. And yeah. that is typically what happens, yeah. but it shouldn't be. But it's obviously, if you got money, you can get out of pretty much anything. Yeah. So it's been over 35 years since Lou has seen his children and he has completely devoted his life to finding them. And he's had multiple emotional breakdowns over the years. And he spent a significant amount of time in the hospital. I was listening to one interview with him and he said he spent almost a year, almost a complete year in like a, almost a vegetarian state just completely unable oh to function God. this is just taking everything out of him, literally the life out of him like for what because you didn't like where this guy came from like 
is that really worth it? Yeah, and he's getting older now, and with all of his health issues because of this, he says he worries every day that he's just, like, not going to wake up tomorrow, and he'll never find out what happened to his kids. I worry about that now. I can only imagine how much he worries about it, like, as it gets closer and closer. Like, that's awful. So, if they are still alive, Christopher would be 39 this month, and Lisa May would be 36, and Susan would be 63 by now. Wow. So, I mean, all of them still within the parameters of being well alive for a lot longer, too. Oh, yeah, totally. Which brings us to theory land. Theory land. And there's only a couple of theories, and they all start with Susan kidnapping these kids. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) There really can't be any other, right? Yeah, yeah. What theory is there? Because, I mean, she kidnapped them. We got it. Well, the theories are what happened after she kidnapped them. So the first one and best case scenario would be that they're alive and that she changed their names and they don't know that they're missing kids and they don't know that their dad's looking for them. That's like best case scenario. Now. Highly unlikely. Right. Highly unlikely that they don't know. Right. Because if the if her whole family knows, how do they not know? Exactly. Yeah. If her whole family knows enough to taunt investigators and Lou and then how would they not know? But maybe they don't. Totally. Maybe their names have been changed and they don't know. That would be best case scenario. The next one would be that they are alive and they do know they're missing and they suffer from parental alienation growing up with this toxic family who's probably told them tons of stuff about their father and they just think like you said they think that the best thing is to stay away from him like they've probably convinced them that he's a bad guy yeah the only thing i would say is if they ever saw any kind of coverage like this podcast or the interviews that he's done or the other plethora of information you'd think that they'd be able to deduce on their own what the situation was but we don't know the level of of trauma that they went through or what lies they've been told but depending what they've been told about their dad even if they've seen all this coverage their mom may have convinced them that he's got everybody else fooled that he's the good guy yo yeah oh yeah I could see that for sure. Yeah. Well, like, what else is there? Like, she sold him? Like, I mean, yeah. I don't think that's what's happening. No, but that's... Really? Yeah, if she was on the run, multiple felony warrants, out of her mind on drugs, yeah, she could have sold them or gave them up for adoption. That's what I was talking to you about when you look at the statistics of parents kidnapping their own kids. Like, she didn't kidnap them because she loved them so much and wanted to give them a good life. She kidnapped them for selfish reasons. Totally. Absolutely. I didn't. I never thought that she didn't. Yeah. So selling them or giving them up for adoption is fine. Like that's not you know, out of the question. She just didn't want right. Lou to have them. That doesn't necessarily mean she kept them. It doesn't. But I don't think that this is it because that would be such. I don't know. The drugs make everything up in the air. Yeah. Honestly, like yeah. when people are into their addictions, there's no telling what somebody will or even won't do. Like selling your kids. The only reason why I think that's pretty unlikely, though, honestly, is the family's reaction. Okay, like what? Because if she really was missing, or if the kids really were missing, they would be wondering where. It. They wouldn't be taunting Lou's PIs. You know, they would be also looking for those kids and looking for Susan. Like if she if she sold them or gave them up or whatever, they would also not know where they are and they would want to know where they are. Yeah. Same thing like the theory that she murdered them. You know, the family would be like, okay, well, where are the kids? Like they would also be looking for them if they didn't know where they were. Yeah, I get what you're saying. The fact that they're not looking means that they know where they are. It's a taunt. 
in and of itself, yeah. Exactly. That's what I think. I don't necessarily mean they're taunting them, although his P.I. says that the kids do, like all the cousins of Christopher and Lisa May, like the nieces and nephews of Susan. He says that the younger ones taunt them, so. You know, eventually, though, like, if this is, like, the whole family's in on it, eventually something's got to give. Yeah. One of these family members, a cousin or something, is going to be either far enough removed or is enough of a crime aficionado to, you know, be like, hey, let's blow this whole thing up. Or gets mad at their family over something. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, to keep a secret like this so secretive for so long... Money is what controls that. Yeah, but eventually money doesn't matter. Well, that's what I'm saying. Especially to people who have it. That's what I'm saying. But eventually money will cause enough of a strife where somebody's going to say something to get somebody else in trouble because they're mad about money. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, money is going to be the end of this, I think, at some point. So the other th- the only other theory that I saw... That was kind of wild, but was that her family murdered all of them. Oh, all three. Just went for it. Yeah. And I was like, well, that seems pretty unlikely, but. It does seem unlikely. Yeah. I mean, that would be, a, that's a big stretch in my opinion. Yeah. So Susan's fingerprints are on file because of her multiple arrests before the kidnappings for drug charges and different things that she had. So her fingerprints are on file. And Lou has put his DNA in every database, 23andMe, Ancestry, GEDmatch, the whole thing. So if his kids ever get arrested or apply for a job, like, it should pop up. And you know what? We're solving everything else with genetic genealogy. Let's make this one one of them, too. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't even need genetic genealogy. These kids apply to be a teacher. They have to get their DNA taken. Or if they just take an ancestry test just to see their ancestry. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it's gonna pop up. There's enough. There's enough stuff out there that if they're out there, they should. They should be found. Like, right. there's kind of no reason we don't know where they are at all. Well, unless they know they're missing and they've stayed out of those databases and possibly out of the United States. You know, maybe they're in a different country now. Yeah, totally. They could be Canadians. Oh, I think they'd be a lot further than that. But oh, you think so? They could. You know, I think so. But yeah, I mean, Canada would be the quickest and easiest. And then I guess. You can make a move from there or something, but personally, I'd go to Europe. I'd probably go to Spain. Well, to me, it's hard to believe that she hasn't been arrested because she was arrested a few times before she kidnapped the kids. That's how they have her fingerprints. Yeah. To me, it seems like once this happened, maybe her family put her in rehab or, you know, did something because she obviously had to have cleaned up her life because if she didn't, she would have multiple arrests by now. Yeah, no doubt. Especially if she had been arrested several times before for this kind of or for drugs and stuff. I mean, I think the most likely theory is that they are alive and they do know they're missing, but that she's spun a lot of things maybe she's even told them that their dad is dead maybe they don't know their real names i don't know but i do hope they are alive and i hope that someday lou gets to at least meet them yeah and hopefully their families yeah like he's already i've seen interviews and he's already come to the conclusion like i know i'm never gonna be able to be their dad like they're almost 40 and 37 Like, but he's like, I want to at least meet my grandkids and, you know, know what, how their lives turned out. Yeah. All that was taken from him. You know, he didn't get to be the little league coach or, you know, the the Girl Scout dad. I don't know if they have those, but probably, you know, he didn't get to have any of those kinds of things. And yeah, that super sucks. This guy's just been, he just wants his kids back. Like he just wants to know them. Yeah. And he said that his mom passed away without finding out and he doesn't want to pass away before he knows what happened, which is really sad. Yeah. 
That's super sad. Oh, my gosh. Heartbreaking. Yeah. So his current PI says that they are hot on her her tail, but they've been saying that for a couple years, and they don't seem to catch him. They think that she's living somewhere near the Texas-Oklahoma area. Really? And that she still has family in California. She has a brother and a sister-in-law and nieces and nephews, or a niece and a nephew. And then her sister that she stayed with in Pennsylvania now lives in South Carolina. And her kids are in South Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Washington. So really, she could be anywhere. Huh. Wow. I really thought that they'd be out of the country by now. But... I mean, they could be. I mean, we don't know. I'm just saying the PI thinks that they... That's where they are. You know, in a, in the United States, you would think that this would be so much easier. Out of the country, yeah, all bets are off. Yeah. But at this point, I would have thought, yeah, you're- Well, that's what I thought- Out of the country, you know? But in the country, like, I would think that'd be easy. Well, that's what I think, too, because they've got to be out of the country. Because even to get a driver's license, now they have those real ID things. You have to put your fucking thumbprint to get a driver's license. You don't. No, you don't. I. You don't have to. Like, they talked about that. And the way you can have a real ID is because you have to have a passport to get on flights state to state. So you don't have to have one if you have a passport. That's totally fine. So they don't have to go to the DMV and get it. I don't know. Are the real IDs, have they gone into effect yet? Oh, yeah. I mean, I moved to Nevada five years ago and I got one when I moved here. Well, I mean, in California, you can get one, but you don't have to. Mm. It's like highly suggested, but... Oh, I didn't know it was a choice. Here, it's not a choice. I had to like bring in things and give my thumbprint and everything. it like it wasn't even an option to not get it oh when, last time i renewed my id i had the option and i was like this seems like a lot of work so i'm not gonna do it mm. i just use my passport yeah but california has different rules for everything but that's just one small thing that's what i'm saying like your thumbprint on your id is like one small thing it's one piece to this very confusing puzzle but it's like if she was living in the united states like it's likely that she would apply for a driver's license or renew her driver's license and not even think about it and put her thumb on that thing and then they got her if she gets a arrested for a DUI some somewhere, they're going to catch her. Like, I'm surprised they haven't caught up to her yet. I'm surprised by that, too, because even accidentally people get stopped by the police right. or, you know, something happens. Totally. But I guess when you get stopped, you don't have to give your fingerprints or anything. And if you're not drinking or under the influence of anything, you don't have to give a sample of anything. So, But but if she was drinking and she got a DUI, fingerprints, totally. boom. If she gets arrested, no. arrested for being loud at a... I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm just surprised I do. that I somebody saying. who lived the life she lived before she kidnapped these kids, that she's never gotten popped for possession of cocaine or DUI. I'm, I'm not surprised on that because I think people can switch a gear to be like I can't do that anymore and be completely out yeah maybe. so I'm not I'm not totally surprised that she was like wow this got bad fast and she kidnapped her damn kids so like this is a problem there's court appointments going on the police are looking for it like I think you have to clean yourself up and be like on your game if you're gonna be in this game yeah it just seems sad at this point because it's like now the kids are adults so now it's like even totally. if they find all this out, they've grown up with their mom and if they come forward now, their mom's going to prison. Yeah. No, there's a lot of there's nothing really good that comes out of this. I mean, no. if the dad finds them great, but we've already talked about the slew of things that could cause too, not knowing who to believe and you know, you don't ever want to send your mom to jail. So Right. Yeah. 
this is there's a lot of moving parts here that just this is an awful case. Yeah, she ruined a lot of things for a lot of people. Totally. She absolutely ruined at least 3 lives. Yeah. And then the reputation of others because 100%. Lou's not very quiet about all these people's names and everybody who's helped her like so it's like I yeah. can imagine like I know how I feel about the family members of hers that I've looked up on social media and stuff, you know, and it's like I couldn't imagine <laughs> if I knew them in real life. I'd be like, you for sure found them, didn't you? 100%. That's why I know where they all live. Did you see anything about the kids on there? Like, oh, you know, missing my cousin or anything like that? No. And that's the other thing is if your family member was missing, you would think like maybe, just maybe, once a year on the anniversary of the date they went missing, you would post like, a, hey, right. has anybody seen my sister and her kids? <laughs> has anybody seen my hey, cousin? For no other reason, so many people are attention seeking on, <laughs> on social media, if for no other reason somebody would be like my cousin's missing poor me yeah you know that's how it's like not even a question that they know because they're not looking for them no i agree with you i think that makes sense that makes a lot of sense yeah it's just it's really sad because there's no good ending now because if they find him now susan's going to jail and hopefully the rest of everybody who helped aid and abet her over these 35 years all goes to prison too but then that sucks for the kids <laughs> that's their whole family that they know yeah absolutely there's no good ending to this no so there's a nice ending if they see their dad again, but there's no yeah. like, oh, good. Everything's back to normal. We can move on. Yeah, there's no moving on. I don't know. The best that I could hope for is that one of these aunts, uncles, cousins, somebody contacts the lead investigative agency or the private investigator and says like, hey, can I get immunity if I tell you what I know? Like, that's what I'd be doing if I was one of them that knew where these kids were. I'd be like, can I cut a deal? Because I don't want to go to prison when this all goes down. Yeah, but I mean, I think otherwise, like if you have a good, if you're in good standing with your family, you just shut up. Like, just don't say anything. I don't know, man. No, I don't think anybody's looking to, I know, but I don't think anybody's looking to blow up the family, you know, until somebody is. But until they are, they're not. I don't know. It just seems like inevitable. It seems like they're going to find them at some point with the way technology is and everything else. Like they're going to find them. Yeah, I think they have to find them. I mean, I think there's just there we're surveilled too much for them not to be found. Yeah. We're going to post pictures of Christopher and Lisa May and Susan on our social media. And hopefully if any of you know them, you can come forward and help save one more day of pain for Luz Arias. And if you don't want to do it, you can come to us and let us know and we'll do it for you. Yep. Anonymously. It's great. Yeah. This one is very solvable too. So. Yeah. At least I think so. What the hell do I know? All right. Well, I love you. All right. I love you too. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. This podcast has been a production of Orange Halo Media, LLC, hosted by Grant and Erica. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. To chat with us, go to From Crime to Crime on Instagram, From Crime to Crime on TikTok, From Crime the Number 2 Crime on Twitter, or you can visit our website at FromCrime2Crime.com. See you next Wednesday.